0: That one sculled to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his pitch it gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David
1: Ortiz. David Ortiz. Ortiz.
0: This is Red Sox beat
1: on CLNS Radio. I
0: think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on Opening Day, and I'd be totally cool with it because I think it would. It, it if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to to play better defense and play better, period. Nothing will.
1: I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone, they're not just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony.
0: Like, no, no. Like... Now, to your hosts. And welcome in. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Media. I am Jess Collins alongside Lauren Campbell. No Jared Scally. this week. He decided to spend some extra overtime at volleyball tryouts or whatever the heck he's doing. So he'll be back next week for now. The two of us will lock this down, as me and Jared did last week without Lauren. You guys just keep flaking on me, so I'll just keep doing shows with whoever decides to do shows with me. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at at Red Sox underscore beat, Uh, Facebook Red Sox beat podcast. You can find us on iOS and Android. Download the mobile app. And most importantly, we're getting a new website in a matter of days, clnsmedia.com. So make sure you look for that in a few days and find all of our material on the new website. It's going to be pretty exciting. So make sure you check all of that out. And uh, this show today that we're doing here is brought to you by Harry's Razors. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is why over 3 million people have switched over to Harry's. And even some women, because my uh, my wife over here decided to use my free trial of Harry's to shave because I don't like shaving, but she did it, she did it for me. So uh, so we've had a good experience with Harry's, and um, you guys can your, our listeners here can get your own free trial offer from Harry's today. It's a thirteen dollar value for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping is all you have to do, and your free set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. All you have to do is go to Harry's.com backslash Red Sox Beat, all one word, right now to get your free trial. That's Harry's.com backslash Red Sox Beat for your free trial. So, Lauren, how you doing? Are you gonna use your uh, your Harry's razor to, to shave that face?
1: Oh yeah, I gotta shave my beard, but it's no shave November, so I can't <laughs> shave my beard right
0: now. Yeah, don't tell me that. Mine's getting pretty big here at this point, so. Um, it's impressive. I
1: remember this time last year, you couldn't even grow a beard.
0: Yeah, pretty much ever in my life, but it's it's coming in. It's it's uh, full, so I won't be shaving. But you can, maybe not you, but other men. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Anyway, that's that's Harry's. Let's get to baseball. Um, it's officially the off season. 98 days until pitchers and catchers. Woo! Like, only Lauren cares about that because it's, you know, five months away. Five, <laughs> <But laughs> ah, three months. Three. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking about the season. Excuse me. Yeah, five months till the season. Three months until all that business happens. So, 98 days. Um, the Red Sox have a new manager. And we're going to start with that because Alex Cora was officially introduced as the Red Sox new manager yesterday on Monday. And um, he seemed pretty excited. Before I give my thoughts, I want to get your thoughts on just what he said and kind of the feel of it and that pretty awesome picture of him walking to Fenway. He looked like he was some kind of uh, like secret agent or something with his sunglasses and walking, walking through Fenway Park on uh, David Ortiz Bridge. That was pretty cool.
1: It was, it was really cool, and it was funny because, you know, it's all over Twitter, and so many people compared him to Pitbull, that he looked just like Pitbull, and they're <laughs> like, oh, it's Mr. Steal your ring, and it's Mr. Worldwide, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Um, as for his, his press conference, I absolutely loved it. I think he sounded confident, he was funny, and he just seems ready to take over this team, and he seems ready to really just kind of pick up where he left off with the Astros, and... It's great, you know, he's worked, he's played with Dustin Pedroia. He knows these players. I love that he speaks multiple languages so he can communicate even better than, you know, John Farrell could. And it's just, he just seems like he's ready for a fresh start. Obviously, this team is ready for a fresh start. And even part of his press conferences, like, some things he would say was really funny. And I love that, you know, he stood up there and he said, "Uh, I was interviewed because I'm a capable guy. I knew somebody would give me this opportunity who thought it would be the team that he won a World Series with? But and I'm excited. It's us. He seems ready. And he seems like he's just, he's already like locked in and he's ready. He's already ready to like start prepping and get ready for spring training. And he's, he's ready to win championships. He even said that. So he said all the right things. And I think, and I said it from when he was hired, he's, I think he's going to do just fine.
0: Yeah, I think that one of the things that definitely stuck out to me was that he's the first minority manager in Red Sox history. I did not realize that, but I guess now that I think about it, it makes perfect sense. Uh, and he's the first Red Sox manager that was a player for the team since Butch Hobson in the early '90s. So he's breaking some ground here. But the fact that he didn't really care about that is what stuck out to me because he, like you said, he said, "I'm here because I'm capable. I'm not here because I'm a minority." Like that's 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 not the reason. And I think that that's cool because like he's not. He's not using that as an out. Like, yeah, that's why they hired me and stuff. He's like, no, I'm here because I can manage a team, even though it's only 42 years old.
1: Yeah, it was great, and um, I loved everything about it. You know, he like you said, I, I wasn't, never crossed my mind that I wasn't interviewed because I was a minority. It's because I'm, I can run a team, and I don't think the Red Sox are even a team who would even kind of consider that either. You know, they they want somebody, obviously, especially Dave Dombrowsk. They want somebody can run this team. They don't want back-to-back AL East titles and early exits from the playoffs. We obviously are hungry for championships, you know, that's I'm sure the team is. And I know the fans are. I mean, I don't want to see this team get knocked out for a third consecutive year in the ALDS. It, it sucks because we have good players. We're, we know we were capable of doing more last year. Obviously, the Houston Astros are just, were just really, really good last year. It's hard to beat 100-win team, especially after going through you know, the hurricane that they went through. So they had a lot going on there, a lot to really... Fight for for their city, but I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready for Core to take over this team.
0: Yeah, and I like, I like like some stuff that he said with um, in terms of connecting with players and paying attention to detail and base running and hitting early in the count. You know, he kind of basically talked about all the things that kind of went wrong with this year's team, with you know, a lot of outs in the base paths and taking a lot of pitches. You know, he'd rather have players swing away. So like, he's just kind of seeing what the issues are and kind of jumping right in and another thing I liked from it too was that he said that everybody in the coaching staff's gonna have a role and like it's not just gonna be him and it's like I feel like in the past couple of years with Farrell it's kind of been like some separation of like who does what and you know since he wasn't very involved it seemed like so now Cora's like I'll be doing this I'll be having help with everybody else and we're gonna do this collectively not just individually.
1: Yeah, and another thing that I really love that he said was that, you know, I think he said at the end of the day, it's the players who win games. And I kind of like how he's putting, almost like not taking the responsibility off of him, but he's really putting that responsibility on the players. Like, this is what's going to happen. Like, you guys go out there, you guys play, you guys score the runs, make the outs. And obviously, you know, the manager there does have that responsibility of, you know, making the decisions on who plays where, who bats where. But I just, he said everything right. And I also love that he presented Dabrowski with the Puerto Rican flag with everything that they've done um for Puerto Rico after their hurricane and after all that devastation there. So I thought that was kind of a really nice touch. And especially, you know, obviously, like I just said, the, the Astros went through, or Houston went through their hurricane. So Cora kind of had like both of those where it's just like, can't, he really can't catch a break. But I guess, you know, for, him to come to Boston, knowing how much they did for Puerto Rico, was probably really touching for him too.
0: Right, Dombrowski sent sent a bunch of supplies and money and everything over. So clearly he liked that and presented with that flag. So yeah, it was all good. It was a it was a good good moment and uh, off to a good start. And everyone just loves him. Poppy loves him. Pedro loves him. I mean, you you don't hear enough nice things about this guy. So and people aren't just gonna say that because he's the manager. You know, if they don't no. like it. You know they didn't like Bobby Valentine, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I saw I saw a great tweet. I wish I remember who said it, but they said, "Uh, I've seen more personality in Cora in these four minutes than I saw in five years with John Farrell." So I think right there, kind of, you know, I know Farrell wasn't the most, you know, person like colorful person, but you know, Cora was obviously, you know, very excited to be here. But I thought that was that was. I'm like, yeah. I'm like that. Almost sums it up. Like, Farrell is just very by the book, and Cor is just, you know, and Core is younger too, so he's just more colorful and out there.
0: Right, and I think that's what this team needs because they've had enough years of of what they've had. So we'll we'll see how it works out. Um, some news we got tonight, actually, just like about an hour ago before we started recording here. Uh, the Gold Glove Awards were announced, and Mookie Betts won his second Gold Glove in right field. Uh, I think the most remarkable thing about that is the fact that he was a second baseman, like, growing up, and now he's won two gold gloves in right field. Shows how good of a baseball player he is, period.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't compete with that, and it's it's great. I think this was his, he won last year as well, so it's nice to see him go back-to-back, and some good news for the Red Sox in this off season. and like you said, he played second base growing up, and you know, second base and right field are two completely different positions. So just to transition from that really just shows his athletic ability. And we obviously know what he's capable of out in that outfield. So we've seen him make spectacular catches, diving into walls, diving, you know, stretched out, completely stretched out. So to see that was definitely good. I was kind of discouraged after JBJ got snubbed of even, Uh, being a finalist, I was like, oh no, like, will Mookie Betts lose to to Aaron Judge, or is he going to lose to somebody completely random, so I was, I was definitely relieved to see that he won.
0: That's right, you were on last week's show when we uh, crapped all over JVJ not being a finalist, because that's, couldn't make less sense if it tried to.
1: Nope, because I, I mean, we, I think he, you know, he had like nine defensive, like, takeaways or from the, from home runs, like, he just, it was just. He had such a spectacular season in the outfield, and yeah, he struggled at the plate, but I mean, the gold glove has nothing to do with your plate appearances; it has everything to do with your performances in the outfield, and how many times did we see highlight reels that included JBJ, it was like, every week, so I was completely shocked that he wasn't even a finalist.
0: Well yeah, like I said last week, I was like, if you're considering this guy to be one of the best, the best outfielder, period, in the game, outfielder, I don't care what position, left, center, right... Like the best outfielder in the game, which people have said for years now. How can you not be a finalist for three guys in one of the positions? That doesn't make sense. It's insane.
1: I, I love would have loved to be a fly a while the wall during that conversation.
0: Yeah, I'd love to do that. How can we not pick this guy for three spots? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. So, Me so that's that. So Mookie Betts won Gold Glove. Chris Sale, Dustin Bedroy, Mitch Moreland all didn't. They were all finalists. Um, Marcus Stroman won for pitcher, and. Eric Hosmer won for first base, and Brian Dozier won for second base. Those guys were all left out. Um, not a huge surprise. You know, it could have gone any way. Betts was probably the most likely, because he won that Fielding Bible Award thing, too, that only one outfielder wins. So it was pretty clear-cut that he was going to win that. But uh, your other your other winners, besides the ones I just mentioned, Martin Maldonado won a catcher for the Angels. Evan Longoria won third. Andrelton Simmons won for shortstop, Alex Gordon left field, Byron Buxton center field. Um, Multi-winners besides Betts with two, Hosmer now has four, Longoria and Simmons have three, and Gordon has five. The rest of them were first-time winners. And for the National League, Zach Grinke won pitcher, Tucker Barnhart won catcher, Paul Goldschmidt at first, DJ LeMayhew at second, Nolan Arenado at third, Brandon Crawford is short, Marcelo Zuna at left field. Ender Inciarte at center field and Jason Hayward in right field. Uh, almost all of them were multi-time winners. Only Barnhart and Ozuna were first-time winners. Uh, I kind of want to talk about Ozuna for a quick second, even though he's nothing to do with the Red Sox. But he had an insane year. I don't know if you've looked at his numbers, but he clearly just won gold glove here. And his numbers are off the charts this year. Like He had like 120-plus RBI, like 30-something home runs. Like Where did this guy come from?
1: It's funny because, you know, when they announced that he had won the glove, I was like, no, I, I, like, you know, I like to look up their numbers at the end of the day. So that's exactly what I did. I looked them up and I had no idea he was this good. I just feel like he wasn't talked about. He was kind of like swept under the rug. I mean, even when, you know, I know we're Red Sox fans, we do the Red Sox podcast, but even, you know, we, we hear about players, we hear about You know, we hear about the Aaron Judges and even the JBJs. You know, we hear about these people who are having good seasons. We we hear about Bryce Harper all season long. And even when he's not playing, even when it's hurt, we hear about him all the time. But we don't hear about a guy who's hitting over 120 RBIs, 30-plus home runs. Like, those are almost David Ortiz numbers, and you're not going to talk about this guy.
0: Yeah, he's 26. He was an all-star for the second straight year. 312, 37 homers, 124 RBI, and 191 hits. That's really good. Red Sox didn't have anyone that good.
1: <laughs> no, they didn't, and I, like I said I barely heard about this guy. I mean, I know I know who he is, but he's not somebody I follow, and he's not somebody that you know I keep tabs on. So it was. It's funny that when I looked it up, I did not expect to see the numbers I did. I was just like, oh, that that that's how it's gonna go.
0: Pretty crazy. So good two way player has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to mention that. So, <laughs> those are your gold glovers. Mookie Betts wins it. Um, other awards finalists. Chris Sale is a Cy Young finalist, uh, but unfortunately, he's probably not going to win it because I don't really see any scenario that Corey Kluber doesn't win it. Do you feel differently, or do you agree?
1: No, I agree 100. percent I don't say I'm it mainly because of the last few starts in September kind of ruined his chances. Not that he didn't finish poorly this season, but and he had that those 300 plus strikeouts. He had a great season, but. When you look at Kluber and you just compare them, there's no way Kluber doesn't walk away with this with this award. And you know he earned he it. He's he's a great pitcher. That's nothing against Chris Sale, but you know you have to give it to the pitcher who best deserves it. You're looking at the numbers. It's Kluber all day.
0: Yeah, and most years Sale probably would get it with the 300 plus strikeouts, but he just faltered a little too much in the last five weeks or so, and Kluber just got better. And his team was better, you know, but record-wise at least. And as we know, it's the regular season award. I mean, that wouldn't have helped Sale's case anyway because he didn't pitch well in the postseason either. But I, I think there's no doubt that it's going to be Kluber. So we're just too bad because it'd be fun for it to be Sale. Luis Severino is the other one, um, but there's no way Kluber's not getting it. So that's that. And uh, Andrew Benintendi is a Rookie of the Year finalist along with Jose Ramirez. Sorry, that's, that's AL MVP. Um, along with... Trey Mancini and Aaron Judge. Um, and as much as I want to say that Ben Attendee has a chance, there's no way in heck anyone besides Aaron Judge is going to get it either.
1: That's so annoying because, and I'll say the same thing that I just said, like it's not that Aaron Judge didn't have a good year. The guy strikes out so many times, and I know it's regular season, but you see what he did, the strikeouts in the postseason as well. He did just that the whole regular season, and you see Ben Attendee, you know, making these fantastic catches. You see Benintendi with the plate patience of a saint, I say it all the time, he just, he had such a fantastic year, and it's it's so annoying that these baseball writers are going to give it to Judge, and it'd be some kind of miracle, like, maybe Rick Porcello, when he got the Cy Young, doesn't get as many first-place votes, but he's going to get the the award anyway where Benintendi gets it, but I it's so annoying, because I think Ben Benintendi deserves it 100% over Judge, but you know, it, it's, it's going to
0: Judge. It's it's obvious. Yeah, Ben was more well-rounded, but, but J- Judge had, what, 52 homers? I, yeah. That's obviously going to get it as a rookie. That's insane. And honestly, it would have been closer if Judge kept struggling in the second half, but hitting 15 home runs in September just completely sealed it up for him. I mean, he deserves <laughs> it. He's going to get it. Ben numbers aren't quite good enough, but any other year, Ben would have won it. It just happened, so happened to be the year that Aaron Judge was a rookie and decided to hit 52 homers. So, I mean, what can you do? He's an AL MVP candidate, too, so it's not just yep. rookie of the year, you know?
1: It is, and, you know, maybe Ben Benintendi can be MVP next year. You know, you can't be rookie of the obviously. can't be rookie of the year next year. But, you know, Ben Benintendi, regardless, you know, it's, if he doesn't have – if he doesn't get the, the, the rookie of the year, he still has an amazing, bright future ahead of him. He's going to be – just he's going to break records. He's going to have fantastic seasons for you know the next seven to ten years. So, and I'm not worried about it. It just it just sucks because he deserves it. But you know, so but so does Judge. But you know, this, this is this is baseball.
0: Yep. You can't pick the year that you do something that somebody else. You know. So he's not going to yeah. lose too much sleep over it. I don't think. He knows he's good. So that's all that matters. It is. So those are your finalists for those um, quick finalists for other awards that the Sox aren't in. Uh, AL Manager of the Year is Francona, Hinch, and Molitor. I assume Hinch is probably going to get that, even though it's before the season ends. But they still had 101 wins and basically shocked everyone. So I, I, I'm guessing that Hinch will win that. Francona could do, but I'm thinking probably Hinch for that. I
1: think it's I think it's going to be Hinch, but part of me thinks Francona will get it just because of you know the Indians won. 113 games in a row. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Francona's just done amazing things for this Indians team, but, you know, look at A.J. Hinch this year. Like this, I like, like said, he did great things for, for this Astros team, and really just kind of shocked everyone, and, you know, I remember when we were doing the show, and talking, when we first started doing the show, you know, two or three years ago, the three of us together, and, you know, he said, the Astros aren't going to be known in the American League until they really do something. Well, here they are, and they did something, so. <laughs> yeah, they did
0: something.
1: I mean, they finally did something, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if, if Frank Kona got it, but I think it's going to go to AJ Hinch.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Um, um, some other sure. awards. Uh, NL Manager of the Year, Bud Black, Tori Lovello, Dave Roberts, um, NL Cy Young, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and MVPs... Jose Altuve, Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Paul Goldschmidt, Giancarlo Stanton, and Joey Votto for the National League. So, those are your awards. Uh, We'll we'll update you on those when they're official. Um, But we're going to move on to some MLB headlines here before we get out of here. And this segment of the show is brought to you by FanDuel. We're right in the middle of the football season, about halfway through. And uh, you can keep doing FanDuel with us. It's uh, fantasy football for everyday fans. And there's no busted seasons. You can have a new contest starting every week, which is always refreshing when you have a bad team for your for your season, your seasonly football. Um, and there's something for everyone. Contest starting at just $1. And uh, only over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. All you have to do to sign up is go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use my code REDSOXBEAT. All one word, REDSOXBEAT. So you can go try that. And, um, and compete against us in our uh, in our Listener League by going to FanDuel.com, promo code Red Sox Beat. Voidware prohibited. Let's move on to our, uh, our headlines here. Uh, the Astros won the World Series, because as of last week's show, we were going to Game 7, and uh, Game 7 was in LA, but the Astros won, and um, that was a great World Series. That was a lot of fun. 200 win teams and uh, 7 games, but man, the Astros just jumped all over you, Darvish, right away, five runs in the first two innings, and that's all they needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic series. It was exactly what baseball needed to. It was just so much fun. It had home runs. It had pitchers' duels. It was just absolutely perfect. And, you know, I said right before Game 7 started, I was talking to my dad, and I said, you know, the Astros need to to come out early. They need to take an early lead. And, boy, did they do just that. So. And, you know, they got to you, drivers, like you said, and that, that really, when you when you get into the mind of your starting pitcher, who pitched well throughout the series, you know, that's going to do a number on the team, not just the pitcher. So, you know, the Astros came out, they got they got the runs, they had the confidence, and it was just, it was really cool to see, you know, we can semi-relate to them with, you know, 2013 win. So, it was, you know, a very feel-good moment for the team, and... I'm happy the Astros won. And it was a World Series where I really didn't care who won. Um, I wasn't really, you no know, for the National League or the American League team, but I'm really glad that the Astros won.
0: Yeah, it was good after uh, after the hurricane and all the flooding. It's like we've talked about this happened several times with a tragedy happening or a disaster and then a team winning a championship in sports. And it somehow it works out that way, and it happened again here. Um but yeah, I mean, in terms of the game seven, it was, it was big for me that they got those runs early because I feel like in a game seven, like for example, last year's game seven where it kept going back and forth and went down to the last pitch and extra innings and everything. Um, when when you're close in a game seven, I feel like anything could happen, and like teams are like they almost don't want to win because like they're so close to it, but they're so nervous to get the win that they give up runs or whatever. But when and, and when you're in a game seven and you get a bunch of runs early, then you just put yourself at ease, you know you're up, and you know you just got to get the rest of the outs and win it. So, like, I think the, that's the mo- the most key thing to a deciding game like that, is to get up by, like, at least four runs early, because you can just play instead of being worried.
1: Oh, yeah, and, I, you know, especially four or five runs is key, because, you know, if you're four runs up, a grand slam changes the game. Even you know, if you're up, by like, five or six runs still, a grand slam changes the game, because you're coming so close but it was just the Astros just they wanted it more and if you know it took them 7 games i mean it looked kind of kind of scary for them back and forth but it was just i can't get over how much how much fun this series was and like i said there it was two teams that you know i was happy that they went to the world series but i wasn't like oh this team i really 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 want this team to win so just to be able to sit and watch each game and to really just enjoy it, enjoy enjoy it as a baseball
0: fan was so much fun. George Springer won MVP. He hit five home runs in the World Series. That's insane. I mean, this guy was out of this world. He was just he was just cranking the ball everywhere. And uh, you know, he's a local dude. He went to UConn. He's from New England, so that was kind of fun to see. Seems like a really good dude too. I mean, he's doing his interviews. He's just like really excited to win, and you got to love that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, so much fun! And it's funny—I had a sports center on the next morning, and I was talking to my grandmother, and she's like, "Now, why did he win MVP?" As soon as she said that, like it, it came up that he had the five-point run. She's like, oh, that'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> just, just perfect timing, and you know. And she said the same thing that he—he's from New England, so it was just like kind of a cool touch there. And you know, just like you said, to see how excited he was—I think that's my favorite part about when any team wins the championship you just see how excited they are and how emotional they are and just how much it means to them it's so much bigger than a game and it's so much bigger than a trophy to them it's really just you know they've worked hard their whole lives to get to where they are and there's players who played, you know 20-year careers and never get to even the playoffs so it's a huge opportunity for anybody who gets there
0: speaking of exciting too uh carlos correa had a double double the fun here he won a world (laughs) series and then five minutes later he got engaged um, he proposed to his girlfriend on the field. He planned it out with Ken Rosenthal before the uh, the game of how they wanted to do it and what question he was going to ask him to lead into the proposal. So I'd say Carlos Correa, he was the big winner because he had two of the biggest moments of his life all in a five-minute span. <laughs> yeah, I
1: thought that was just so cute. And I love that he planned it out with Ken Rosenthal. I mean, he's just... I mean, both of them just seems like so down to earth and so just like I mean we know Ken Rosenthal, we've been watching him for years, so it's it was kinda cool that, you know, he went to him and he's like, This is what I wanna do, can you do this for me? And he was just like, Yeah, sure, why not? Like, absolutely. And it was just a cool moment because I mean, what what bigger stage should you propose to your girlfriend on if you want to propose to somebody than, you know, right after you win the World Series? So Right I mean, I can understand, like, I know people are already like frustrated over it because it's like, "Duh, you're taking away from the moment," but it, it was a 30-second moment that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. So, anyone who's just like negative about it can just go away.
0: <laughs> it took a lot of planning, too. I mean, he had to talk to the, like the producers and the directors to make sure the camera angle was right during while he did it, you know? So, it was like it was a pretty big production to pull it off, and they I mean, they pulled it off perfectly, obviously. So, that was, it
1: was- so unexpected he's like oh like you know he's just like oh i'm about to take another big step in my life and i'm like huh and then
0: he's just
1: like, no way like it, it, it's so cute I, I thought it was i thought it was fantastic i loved every minute of it
0: i like the quote too that he he said he said that when they had three outs left to go um his clubhouse manager had the ring and he was like i don't want to jinx this but uh, if we get these three outs i'm doing this now so get ready <laughs>
1: oh that's so cute like yeah I don't know. I love I love moments like that. Just feel-good moments. And it's, you know, it's, like I said, they're going to remember that forever. So, and it was something I think is fantastic. Like, there's no, like, you're already so excited. You're already celebrating. So just keep on celebrating. Pile on these reasons to celebrate and just keep going.
0: Yeah, and speaking of celebrations, uh, Justin Verlander, who won his first World Series here after all those years with the Tigers, um, he got married to Kate Upton, uh, right afterwards as well, and uh, i didn't even realized this, but he—I guess he missed their uh, their parade to get married. I thought he was doing it after that, but I guess he just didn't want to wait, so he got to celebrate too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, why not? Like, you know, you just won the World Series. Go fly to Italy. Go get married, and you know, there's going to be a lot of celebration this off season. Um, and I know the victory parade. We've we've been through a few of them with all of our teams, really. And it, I mean, it's one player. I don't really think people would I, – I obviously, people notice, but they're not there to see one specific – they're there to see, you know, the duck boats or whatever any other city rides in on, and they're there to see the trophy. And it's, it's really about the experience. I don't know if you've ever been to one of the parades. Yeah,
0: it's I went really to the crazy. 2013
1: one. It, it's so much fun. Like, you're just surrounded by the happiest people. They're all there for, the you know, the same reason, and they're just there having a good time, so – Good for Justin Verlander. Love the bow tie option. He looked very dapper, and Kate Upton looked beautiful. I wasn't too much of a fan of her dress, but it, it worked for her. And it was just, it's whatever, it's their lives, and hopefully he's only going to get married once, and why not do it big? <laughs> why, like, who can, You know, get on a plane right after your biggest moment of your life and go have the next biggest moment of your life. So good for you, Justin Verlander. I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, why not? It's his life, he can do what he wants. Uh, And then to end the show here uh, on a completely different note, uh, we have to report, because it just happened um, earlier today, uh, Roy Halladay died in a plane crash. Former pitcher, only 40 years old. He was definitely one of the best pitchers of our our watching lifetime. Uh, He was unbelievably dominant. He has so many complete games, and you always knew the Red Sox were going to lose every time he was pitching for the Blue Jays. Uh, So this came as a huge shocker today because... You know, he retired a couple of years ago. He grew up with his dad being a pilot, and he wanted to do that as well after he retired. So he ended up actually getting his own small plane uh, just three weeks ago. And somehow, I don't know what went wrong, because we don't have any details on it yet, but he crashed it in the Gulf of Mexico, and he they found him in the water today, and he was dead. So, um, tough moment. I mean, really, it's... I mean huge shocker. He was a great guy. Everyone talked about how great of a person he was and husband and father and everybody in baseball loved him, charitable and everything. I mean he, he was a great guy. He was definitely one of my favorite players that wasn't on the Red Sox. So this this came as a huge, huge, huge shocker today.
1: Yeah, I was completely stunned when I when I heard the news. And you know, like you said, we I we grew up with him not on the Red Sox, but just as a great pitcher and like we always knew the Red Sox were going to lose when we had to face him and I had I watched him pitch I got to see him live a few times so it was definitely just like a cool experience to be able to see him and to be able to say that it's such an unfortunate way to go especially you know he grew up with his father being the pilot it's something he always wanted to do I remember him putting on Twitter how excited he was about getting this plane um so it's just it's extremely unfortunate baseball has lost a lot of really good talent over the last year and um a tweet today it said he made Roy, Roy Halladay made his MLB debut in 98 and he still has the most complete game since then with 67. I mean that's pretty remarkable right there um it's just kind of that stat alone just kind of goes to show the dominance he he showed throughout his career and only 40 years old it's it's kind of kind of scary to think that it's really not that old um it's really sad like there's nothing really else to say but it. it's tragic it's sad and it's like I said lost, baseball lost a really good pitcher today they've lost a lot of talent over the years and it's just really sad
0: it is so rest in peace Roy Halladay hope his family can move past this um, but we'll leave it there not to end on a somber note but it is what it is um, so make sure you go to, uh, to Harry's Razors and get your free razors Harris.com backslash Red Sox beat and also fanduel go to fanduel.com and use the promo code Red Sox beat and uh you can follow us at Red Sox underscore beat uh, jared will be back next week to talk whatever uh whatever happens for this week we always find something so uh congrats to mookie betts on his on his gold glove and alex cora we're ready for you to manage here in boston so That'll do, us here, uh, do it for us here, and um, at this point next week, we may have a, uh, a new website to be uh, reporting from, so make sure you check out clnsmedia.com. Uh, for Lauren Campbell, I'm Jess Thomas. This is Red Sox.